Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasbins, presented by 10K Takes, brought to you always by the Chill Boys. Listeners, go to chillboys.com, get yourself 15% off with your first purchase. Type in HB15 to get that 15% off your first purchase. Get your underwear, socks, made out of bamboo, our favorite underwear, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so today we're going to do things a little different. I'm joined by Trevor Olson and Jack Mason. Our guests, Ben Holden and Dave Starman, uh, were shot through Zoom. We are in studio right now filming the uh, the first half of the, the podcast, and they're going to come on after we do our hypotheticals. So, fellas, have we... Uh, what, was, what was our weekends like? You guys get up to anything good? Olson, did you do anything fun last weekend? Um... Gosh, you know, I went to, uh, what's that uh, Northeast bar, that karaoke bar? Um, 1029? No, no, Moose, 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 something. Moose, are moose you th- are you ta- are you talking about your hate with Lando? and? Was that last weekend? That was, that was the weekend before. Oh, Jesus. You're mix- He's mixing them up here. You're mixing them up. I didn't do anything last weekend. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Just stayed at home. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds like a great weekend, honestly. Yeah, it's it's much needed. I have a Nashville trip coming up with the fam. Oh, never okay. been to Nash Vegas, and that's in three weeks. Really? So, yeah, I'm trying to take her a little easy. That's that's we'll exciting. See. That place is electric. Yeah, we'll see. I've never been, so I'm fucking pumped they, up. You will never see so many bars on a street in your life on broad right on broadway there's so many bars and they're all like three to five levels high and each level has its own live band so i I guarantee you on a saturday or friday night there's there's got to be over 150 live bands playing on that street in on some level in one of those bars that's so sick there's too many bars to choose from so like you can you can only hit so many of them like you can go to any of them and they're all just Packed and great times, and the and the music, the musicians are just unreal, unbelievable <laughs> live band. I mean, they're they're incredible. Yeah. It's like, how do you become a country music singer with this competition out here? Like, every one of these bands is incredible. How do you separate yourself? I don't know. You got to be lucky with like some like hit song and then kind of hit it from there. But yeah. you got to come across some luck to make it out of there because they're all so talented. It's insane. Mace, how about you? How's your weekend? It was pretty good. I uh, just spent some time with my buddies, watched some basketball, and then kind of took advantage of the, like the warm weather and went out for offing both days, Friday and Saturday. Oh, so. yeah. Offer. Yeah. Are you? Mm-hmm. You got your own discs and shit? Oh, yeah. Got that's, a bag for them. That's sick. <laughs> I yeah. almost hit uh, my second hole in one, but chains and out, so. Second? Mm-hmm. You've got one before. I've got one. I've been playing since seventh grade, so it's not much to. So what do you? Not what, good stats. Do, but. When when did you when did you get this hole in one? You know, because typically you, you hit a hole in one on the golf course. It's like, well, you know, now now I got to call the clubhouse, tell them to tap all the kegs. You know, everyone here is getting blacked out. Is that the same on the golf course? You know, you let everyone know you hit a home run, 
or a hole in one and then you know you, you all gather at the nearest bar and just get blacked out and celebrate this hole in one you know sadly i was uh under 21 at the time so we didn't <laughs> end up going and hitting a bar but i think i ran from the tee box to the hole just that's, straight ran grabbed my disc i couldn't believe it that's what i did on my brother's hole in one dunked it in real in golf yeah i shouldn't say real golf because for all is real um <laughs> no disrespect yeah <laughs> fuck sorry mace uh try my brother troy freaking nutted one right at the pin two hop dunk sprint r- r- sprint i sprinted 145 yards longest i've ever ran in my life <laughs> <laughs> just just sprint to the ball like no way like i mean how do you even there's times where you know i'm golfing on a hung sunday or something and Guy darts one in there. I'm like, please, God, do not go in. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I don't need a hole in one today. Like, let me get a hole in one when I'm golfing on a Friday or Saturday. Like, I don't need one on this Sunday right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I didn't get up to much either. Um, stayed in Friday, hung out with some friends Saturday, and uh, pretty normal weekend. Uh, I don't really have any huge plans coming up here either. So that's exciting. You got Nashville coming up on your on your agenda I'm, I'm jealous i might have to get one of those trips in a couple of my grand forks buddies just went skiing in big sky and that used to be um an end of the year trip for myself after our season would end at north dakota a couple of us would always drive out to big sky and ski the pond skim there the last weekend of the year and um have a hell of a time that's one of my best that's one of my favorite things to do um outside of hockey is is you know i don't know if you guys have your favorite events to go to like favorite things to do concerts whatever i think skiing is my number one like it's just incredible being on top of a mountain and skiing down at those speeds like oh it's so fun i was jealous but anyways um let's move on to well our predictions i mean there's no predictions this week we couldn't ask we couldn't ask benny or or dave their their predictions because i don't know if they're allowed to give those with being just broadcasters for hockey so i didn't want to bring it up but I'm still feeling pretty strongly about my, my prediction here. Um, Michigan's going to take it home, I think, unfortunately for all of us. And then we'll probably see the Kansas Jayhawks take it home tonight. This is We're recording on Monday. You guys will probably hear this on Thursday, so we'll know the winner. But um, I got the Jayhawks winning tonight for sure, and we'll see if that sticks true. But I need the under. Wilson's got the under. So, you know, if you're listening to this on Thursday – and you can remember back to the basketball national championship game. Um, if they're bricking, sh- if they were bricking shots, just know Ols was in his living room celebrating. So <laughs> nobody likes to bet the under unless you want to make money. Yeah, it's it's not a fun bet to make because you're hoping for a terrible game. But yeah. <laughs> I th- I think it's the right call to make in this one. Um, let's move on to our hypotheticals, and I wanted to start the first one off going to be a little different it's going to be our top four our top four college hockey rinks um and we're going to do a snake draft so you can't say the same we can't have we can't have the same rink on our um so who does is does anyone want to start us off here we didn't we didn't discuss an order but you know like if Ols starts i go second mace will have two picks after that and i'll come back to me and then also have two picks that type of thing um i have no i mean we all know what's gonna go number one i feel like do we leave that one out yeah let's actually 
we can't vote for the Ralph Engelstead Arena. That's all of our number one ranks. Yeah. So that one's going to be left off. We're going to go all outside ranks. So keep it a little more interesting for us. Um, gosh, there's there's a lot to choose from. It's going to be a tough. I'll start us off. And again, this is. I hate saying this on air and have, having people listen to me, but I'm going to go with the Yost Ice, Ice Arena. It's the the Michigan Wolverines home rink in Ann Arbor. Um, just an incredible arena. It's you know they just they they renovated it, but it's been there. I don't know how long Yost has been an arena for, but they have some traditions there that are just uh, you know incredible. They 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 stick candy in the uh, in the in the nets in like the pads, the net. And before every period starts, the the student section will, you know, kind of, they'll be doing something where they're telling the ref to check the nets. They'll all be yelling, check the nets. And the refs will check the nets. They'll find all this candy. The refs grab the candy and they all throw it in the student section. Like a, like it's a goddamn pinata or something. <laughs> <laughs> and the students just go nuts. And then, and then anytime there's a penalty, Anytime they're uh, they're on the penalty kill and the opposing team doesn't have the puck in the net in the in the offensive zone, the entire rink goes boop 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 boop. And when you have when you have like five or six thousand people going boop 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 at the same time, it's it sounds hilarious. Like it's a, it's a hell of a tradition they have going there. I don't know how they started that, <laughs> but I'm gonna go with uh, Yost Arena as my number one. Um, Mace. Mace, why don't you go second here for us? This is a completely biased pick just because uh, I grew up in the Twin Cities, but second to Nodax, got to be Mariucci. I mean, when it's, it's just full. a classic arena, sweet bowl. Everyone feels like they're just sitting on the ice. Like, there's nothing better than that ring. Yeah, it is. It's quite the venue there, especially, obviously, all said when it's full. When it's full, it's electric in there, and they got the. We all know they got the gold chance. Um, M I N N. Fuck off! But all right, that's sick. <laughs> uh, for my first pick, I'm going with Miami of Ohio. Yeah, not that's going to be on mine. Yeah, not necessarily because of the wow factor, but it's more the energy and the students. Yeah, uh, that's one of my favorite places to play, hands down, and it's not even close. Uh, my pick coming back is going to be Wisco, Cole Center. The Cole Center is a nice venue. Yeah. Obviously, when they get it filled, too. It's, yeah, they've been kind of That's down. nuts. Yeah. Yeah, that place, is, that place is incredible. Little hybrid style rink there. Um, not necessarily NHL size, not quite Olympic size, so it's yeah. a little different. I don't know why they do that, what your guys' opinions are on the, the different size sheets. I, I, don't, I don't really understand it because... The national tournament is played on NHL-sized ice, so why would college teams have it baff- Olympic sheets? It, it baffles me. NHL's played on one size sheet. Um, in the the Europeans they all play on Olympic size sheets. Like there's not an NHL size rink over there. Um, it's it's like a little baseball field, you know, like every field's different, got different outfields and stuff, but I just I don't think it makes sense. It's like you don't see basketball players playing on different size courts. Yeah. 
Like it's just a different game out yeah. there. When the, the completely, <laughs> it's, it's kind of stupid, but uh, yeah, that, that's one thing I would change. But anyways, I like that pick, Mace. You're up. Next one, I got to go with uh, Western Michigan's ring. Yeah, lost some lunatics. You can't beat them. Yep, yep. That's a that's a great choice. Um, also, was going to be on my list if it wasn't taken, but uh, I'll move on. Um, I'm going to go a little off the grid here. I'm going to say Cornell. I don't know what the name of the rink is, but I played there one time and, and it's got a little bit, it's got a little bit of a high school hockey rink feel where it's just a kind of a little small bowl around the rink and similar to Western Michigan's, um, Lawson Ice Arena, but they absolutely fill that thing to the brim you know, for every game and the whole crowd's always wearing red and they have, they have really cool chants going on there. So that was a really cool place for me to play. So that's, that'll be, that'll be my second pick. And the third, I am going to go with Bo Brower's Notre Dame, Notre Dame rink. Heck, heck of a rink there. Brand new almost. Um, no, it's just great. It's just a great hockey rink, great college rink, right size. You know, sometimes they can be a little too small, a little too big. Perfect size, really nice venue. I just liked it a lot, so that'll be my third pick. For my third pick, um, kind of a sleep arena. I'm going Northeastern's arena. I like that barn cool, look. They cool got barn. all the flags up on top. I love that. I like that small rink kind of feel. Yeah. I don't know. I love that rink. See, this is where I get stuck because I, I've got a, I've got a rink in mind, but I've never played there. What's the thought on that? I like it. You can go. You can go there for I've never sure. Played at any of these rinks, so. <laughs> Penn State's barn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had to be. Had to be mentioned yeah, for sure. The, uh, again, none of us have either play, ever played there, but. No. It's uh, the videos I see and, and the shit like that. It's just like the energy in that building's wild. Oh. Um, and then lastly, I'm gonna head home. Amsoil Arena. It's got. They just have a very nice sheet there. Hell of an arena. It is. It's um, a just like a miniature NHL arena. Yeah. They. Uh, the concourse is. I mean, it's beautiful. I don't like the the splattered seats that they have yeah i don't know what they were getting at with that one who designed it um they're trying i'm guessing they're gonna change that i think they will though what i I don't know they gotta order new seats probably but once they do they're not going back with that that's it's horrible i mean get the get the bulldog head on those or something yeah that's the splattered look just ain't it but yeah the end is a nice looking rink and and when the crowd gets into it the the student section right behind your net it's pretty fun all right, my last pick. Um, I'm going with another sleeper. I'm going Yale's Ice Arena. That, that shit looks funky from the outside. Yeah, yeah. if you yeah. haven't seen it, it looks it's like cool. a whale. It's, it's cool. pretty sweet. It's like the reverse of a barn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's actually a good pick. I like that. <laughs> and I, I don't know, like, for my fourth pick, there's going to be so many honorable mentions that I have. Yeah. Um, because it's tough to pick four, like, one that I can think of that I'm not going to say is Baxter Arena. The the new Omaha Arena is just a cool rink. But, gosh, I think, you know, I was back and forth between um, choosing Maine here or BU. I'm going to go with BU. I liked their rink, you know, right in Boston. Um, a lot of history behind it. Just a cool barn that they have there. And 
for some reason I like that red, you know, I like Cornell, the red and white, just the fans in the stands um, wearing red. It just looks cool to me. So that'll be my fourth pick. But yeah, I guess if we're going to go honorable mentions, I do. I did want to mention Baxter, Maine, and then we did play. We did play a weekend series in Vermont, which I thought they had a pretty cool barn there as well. Just old, you know, you got the wood. Anytime you got the wood, like, yeah. ceiling, and it just feels like that's just a cool feeling when you're, when you're skating around those rinks. I just love, I don't know why, but it just feels good. It kind of brings you back to the old days, but then there's still a lot of seats in the stands, so. You got any uh, honorable mentions, Mace? Um just one honorable mention I can think of is just Colorado Colleges. I mean, that arena just looks nice. The new yeah. one? or Yeah, the new one. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, realistically, every team in the NCHC has a nice rink they play in. Like, the Herb Brooks Center is great. Um, what else? The Ma- Magnus is, is awesome. Especially when we would go play there, it would always be filled with Sioux fans. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Who am I leaving out here? I don't think we left anyone else out of the NCHC after that. No, you already honorable mention. And even like Omaha. Bemidji's rink is great yeah, too. Yeah, like, I was gonna say my honorable mention was Michigan State. Yeah, that that year we played there, we were there on that was uh, cool. Thanksgiving or whatever. Yep. So the fans weren't. Yep. But I can imagine that place is bumping if oh, it's yeah. a rivalry game or something like that. Yeah, we never really got to go up to the UP either and play like Northern Michigan or Michigan Tech. Or and anything. I heard both those yeah. rings are sweet. So, yeah, there's there's plenty. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see what the Twitter crowd. I, I'm sure there's one we're we're not thinking of that people are going to be like, you didn't say this one, but it's like there's a lot to choose from. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next hypothetical here. Um, so it's it's you choose one or the other. You can't have both. So you're either going group chat, straight group chat texts, or straight personal thread texts. You can't have one or the other. I'm going group chat. I'm a group chat person. I love throwing shit in there, you know, getting the boys amped up, whatever it might be, gifts, you know, questionable thoughts. Uh, group chat all the way. Walking the line jokes. Oh yeah. Always walking the line. I mean, you just gotta, you gotta test the boundaries and see what's, you know, okay. Kind of enter that gray area. Is this too far? Is it not? (laughs) (laughs) But I will say there's nothing more degrading than putting something in a group chat. You get zero responses. (laughs) Absolute bagels. And then someone, then someone sends in a different text and people are laughing at it and responding. (laughs) You're like, okay. (laughs) The whole time, like, did I catch it? Was everybody, you know, at work? It's like, uh, have you guys seen the other guys when when Mark Wahlberg's walking away from the house? He's like, shut up, Alan. All right. Bye, Sheila. (laughs) Yep. Shut up, Alan. Bye, Sheila. (laughs) (laughs) It's like sending, send the same text in again. Like, no, did you guys see that I said this? Um, I actually sent this in. What do you guys think? It's like, it's like uh, Brennan O'Donnell. Shout out quick to him. Yeah. he always heard a story and then told it louder, and then everybody laughed, <laughs> laughed at his he heard, story. He heard someone say the story <laughs> yeah. of the joke, and he like says it louder to a bigger crowd, and everyone's dying. Like, oh, he's so funny. <laughs> the guy who says the joke originally is like, the fuck, man? Come that was on. my fucking joke, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, I can say it louder, man. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hilarious to bring up. There's so many of those times. I used to do the same thing to Paul all the time. 
he'd say something to me and I'd laugh and I'd just say it to the whole team and everyone would die laughing. I'm just like, thanks for the joke, buddy. These guys all think I'm hilarious. Uh, Mace, how about you? What are you going with? I'm with Trevor on this one. I like the group chats. I like interacting with all the boys at the same time and making yeah. them all laugh and seeing all the reactions come in. I don't know. I could go without texting people individually. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in the same boat here. It's it seems like we're all on the same page. Um, those those personal threads they they're a little more serious nowadays. It's like if I get a personal text, it's either you know it's kind of like an email form like some someone needs something or yeah. you know something needs to be done but the group chats are all kind of just fun and games kind of thing which is great i can't even remember a time before group chats you know like what were we doing before like now group chats are so great it's like you can hang out with all your friends just sitting in your living room talking with talking on like the amount of hours i spent where i'm like yeah i'm gonna watch tv tonight and then i never end up watching anything because i'm just looking at my group chat going off just <laughs> yeah. basically hanging out with the buddies through group chat like it's such a it's an unbelievable feature that i don't think i'd be able to give up no remember the t9 days when you're oh click, yeah click. You're clicking like three, five, and seven, and it'll give you like a seven-letter word. Yeah, <laughs> just autocorrects yeah. to it. <laughs> oh yeah. I can't imagine trying to make plans nowadays with without group chats. Oh, like, no. that would be impossible. Yeah. Oh, even even if you only have single thread text, even if you just have the text, putting like setting up like a group hangout or a group trip that you're going on or whatever. Would make the process so much longer and yes. so much more extensive when yeah. you have to personally text guys and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's definitely something I couldn't give up. And then the next one I had was, would you rather never get sick in your life or never get injured? I'm going to go with uh, never get injured because if I couldn't get injured, I'd be in the NHL right now. Oh, easily. <laughs> Without a Easily. question. Yeah. Zero injuries? Are you kidding me? That's what I always tell people, you know, if it weren't for my injuries, yeah. you'd see me on the big screen. That's why I'm right here, sitting on the couch. <laughs> no, but in in serious, I, I would go no injury because um, think of, I mean, how drastic are we getting here? You know, this is where we kind of become devil's advocate. Imagine yeah. you're, you're yeah. on a plane and you go down, no injury. You're alive. Car so, car crash. Yeah, see, that's where... Big deal, but, you're alive. But, you know, if I could get sick, how sick would I get? You know, am I getting yeah. pneumonia every single time, or is it like a common cold? Yeah, I mean, I'd say there's nothing really off. You know, if you can't get sick, you can still die from accident or you know whatever happens but if you can't get injured then you can still die from an illness okay so i'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with um not get injured because then i can enjoy my my life no matter what i can ski and oh you could you be know. so reckless and oh just yeah treat your body like a you're a goddamn grizzly bear <laughs> yeah I can, I'll jump off this cliff if i want exactly yeah <laughs> like, you know if i die from whatever yeah. At 35, then so be it. But at least I get to live my life, so I'm going to not get injured. I like that. I like that theory. See, I was thinking about this one like all day today. Like <laughs> It was the only thing on my mind during work, and I had this great explanation for why I'd pick this, but 
I'm going never get injured again. Or, no, wait. Never get sick. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like for most cases, I get more sick often than I, like, break bones or anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And, I mean, I don't know. That's what I'd go with. And I feel like getting sick, it could be more severe. For sure. For sure. I mean, the only way to die when you get old would be getting in an accident. Yeah. So. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I guess like if you can't get sick, I mean, how do you die if it's not an accident? Can you? Because everyone, if when you're old, like your cause of death, if it's not an accident, is some illness, right? Like it's got to be either something in your body shuts down or. That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, before he mentioned that, I was definitely going no injuries just because I, I actually truly don't get sick too often um i guess up until this point i'm only 26 so who knows what the future holds but um pretty much the only time i'm ever sick is if i go out stay out too late on a saturday and don't drink enough water then i'm just have a headache the next day and a stomach ache but yeah that's, you know probably once a year i'll get a little flu bug but it's not like it's never really been too bad for me even throughout my life i've had tons and tons more injuries than i've ever been sick so see i i had like i had mono i had strep six times like my tonsils were all fucked you should have seen them it was like a (laughs) it was like a squishy ball when they pulled the tonsils out ever since i got my tonsils pulled though it's the best thing ever i never get sick so i'm going with injury you know what i'll I'll get the cancy at age 70 and yeah and pass so like I mean, I just think, you know, obviously if you can't die of sickness or you can't get sick, then maybe you live longer. But, God, how much fun could you have if you couldn't get injured? You're literally just a... Exactly. You're a rubber band walking around out there. Like, you could be... You could do the most insane shit. Yeah. It'd be unbelievable. Yeah, I mean... Well, I guess if you couldn't get sick, too, you could also just eat like shit and just be so unhealthy and booze every day. And well, then you get huge, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But you're not... I mean, what's wrong with being huge if there's no health consequences to it, though? That's true. You could injure yourself. You know, as you get bigger, as you get fatter, though, you, you still have the option of getting... You, you, you wouldn't you be... You increase your chances of getting injured as you get fatter, I feel like. you know, Oh, more, yeah. More chance of rolling an ankle or... Stress fractures. Yeah. 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 That type of thing. So, <laughs> God, after you said that about not getting injured, I, I want to switch, but I got to stay to. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I think it, it really all depends on what type of person you are and, and what you've dealt with in your life. But up until this point in my life right now, way more injuries than I've been sick. So, if I could get rid of those injuries, that would be, that'd be insane. Yeah, so if that's that's all I've got for hypotheticals, guys. Let's let's move on to our our interview with Ben Holden and Dave Starman. I did want to let our listeners know this is our first time doing a Zoom interview with with a couple of our guests, and we had a great time. But there will be some technical difficulties, just being our first time. Kind of use use the fellows over there as our guinea pig to do this, but uh, we promise we'll. We'll get better, but you guys will enjoy it. It's good. It's a good listen, and we had a great time with them. So now on to them. Well, folks, we'd like to welcome on two of uh, two of very special guests of ours. I'm uh, going a little different route with these guys here, but uh, very thankful to have them on. Ben Holden and Dave Starman, fellas, thanks for joining us today. 
Great to be with you guys. Thanks for having yeah, us. A little, little reunion here from the old days. Yeah, it the feels tables have turned, boys. <laughs> yeah, feels like just feels like just yesterday. You know, we're speaking to you guys in the in the basement of the Ralph. They're just shooting the shit with each other, and uh, I don't know. It's been a while since we've been out of that, been out of the league. But it's it's definitely great to be talking to both you guys. I saw Benny um, at the Frozen Face Off there for a bit, yeah. and it was nice to catch up. But uh, it's always great to see you guys together. That's why we wanted you on together. Um, two of our one of our favorite duos here with you guys, and and um, it's great to see you guys back together on air as well. So, well, it felt good, man. It was uh, it was great to be with Dave, and you know, I mean, I'm I've had a lot of partners, as you guys know, in a lot of sports, but I, I did a couple of these last week with people, and and I'll, I'll say it, put it on my tombstone. I don't think I've ever worked with a partner that's more prepared than Dave, and. Uh, as a play-by-play guy, that makes it easy for me. So it's uh, it was good to be back with him, and you know we did four games together this year after what ten years together, Dave. So it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. See, the key with Benny is, and this is what this is the mark of a of a real good play-by-play guy, is you always know that they're going to have something to say, and you know, on a serious note, it's really cool when you can finish a thought and you know that the person next to you is going to kind of pick it up where you left off and then carry it the rest of the way. And kind of on a funny note, you're thinking to yourself, you don't care what the hell they say, as long as they say something and don't leave you hanging out there. And the, the beauty of Ben is you can kind of do both. You know, like <laughs> there are most 90% of the time, I know where he's going to go. And then every once in a while, it just goes off on a different thing. I'm like, okay, that's, you know, game on. Well, I, in, in, in the last year, it's been different in that. And Dave's right. But in the last year, it's been different in that regard. But keep in mind, I did a hundred games in the KHL before everything started and that job went away uh, for five and a half months with no partners. So I had to get used to working with Dave again and having somebody next to me and having somebody to like, he's saying to kind of follow along to what you're saying. So it was, uh, I'd rather be with a partner though, for the record, but uh, Dave's right. in what he said, I agree. Makes it a little easier when you got someone next to you, I feel like. And uh, that is something I wanted to ask you guys about because you know, obviously when you're working with someone else, um, it's got to take some time to build up some chemistry between each other to where, you know, you know how the other guy works and stuff. Um, and obviously you guys built that throughout your time, but then you took a little break. Is, does the chemistry just pick right back up when you guys are back in the studio together? Or is it kind of, you know, you got to get the rust, you got to knock the rust off a little bit and get back together and kind of learn each other's ways again. Go ahead, Dave. I'll tell you what, I think I think it took us all of eleven seconds <laughs> to, to, to get it to get it rolling again. And here's here's what's interesting. That I think the good thing is this when when you're working with professionals and guys that are experienced or even girls that are experienced and, and know what they're doing, it's easy to build chemistry fairly quickly. The challenge is building chemistry over an extended period of time to where the act doesn't get stale. Yeah, and, and that, to me, is what makes a really good team. When I look around sports and I see a lot of these longtime duos, like, you know, to me, like Aikman and Buck, I thought were, were a real good team because even though they have chemistry, it's not like this, it's not rinse and repeat every week. You know, they, they have their core things that they like to talk about. But I, when I watch them do games, and again, I don't watch a ton of football, but when I watch them, I always feel like I come out of there, A, I learned something, B, I enjoyed the stories that they told, and C, I found it a good listen. So I, I think the biggest challenge with really good broadcast teams is not necessarily 
getting it going early and building the chemistry early. It's the ability to maintain it and then take it in a number of different directions and continue to evolve as you go along. Ben. I mean, when you, when you say that, like, I think we've, we've at the very least we've grown a little bit as we've gone on because each one of us have taken some different avenues here. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I mean, I, I more times than not, you know, I know where Dave wants to go. And I think a lot of that is, you know, all the years we spent together, you know, I, I knew his spots he wanted to go and, and we would always have conversations. And I think as when you're when you're driving the ship, so to speak, as a play by play guy, you got to know where the analyst wants to go along with your producer when it's obviously television, radio are a little different. Ask Tim Hennessy. And I love Tim. We know that. But it's totally different. Tim's driving the boat by himself. But for us, being connected, you know, we, we go hockey term, and that's Dave's influence on me there, just some of those things he says, you know, stay connected. And I think that's something that we always did. And when Shereen, when the three of us were together, we always did that. And I always wanted to know where Shereen had her priorities of two or three or four big things that she felt she wanted to get to. And whether it was me weaving something in with Dave or weaving it in on my own before we went to her or after. And I think that's just part of what makes the engine run so well and, and, and all the magic that we had together. So, so, so every- and guys, it's funny. And you and Benny, thanks for bringing Shereen up on this one. Of course. Because, like, it, it's interesting because, you know, you and I would kind of have a little bit of a set plan as, as we were talking yeah. about maybe upstairs or whatever. But when we all talk to coaches during the week, we could all talk to a lot of different players during the week. And, you know, we, combine a lot of information but it was great when we used to sit down at the at the pregame meeting which is usually like two or three hours before the game and shireen would hand out her hit list of yeah. all the stories that she had which was great for ben and i because i mean we could go off on eight million tangents into nine million directions she she was able to bring us back to center and say okay guys here are the four stories for each team i think are really important we get in and the fact that we knew that we were able to lead our producer and each other and her into where she wanted to take it, and then we were able to pick it up afterwards because we knew what it was coming. With Ben and I in the booth, if if left unstructured, I, well, who knows where this could have gone? <laughs> you guys would have been has been sitting right on this couch with me and Gage because that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we'll be there one day. <laughs> I, I, I wanted Just to not yet. held the ship together. Yeah, yeah. No. She uh, she was awesome in her own right. Uh, I was going to ask you guys, you know. Obviously, people just kind of listen into your calls and whatever. They don't really understand what goes into it. You guys touched on it a little bit there. But how much homework do you guys do for a single game, for a weekend? You know, kind of take us through that realm of what goes on in those, you know, four or five days. So I, I'm going to let Dave reply, but I got to say this, man. No one watches more tape than this guy in the, in the bottom of the screen there, at least the way I'm looking at it. And that's something... <laughs> In the, in the pod and, and especially last week when we were together that I did more with Dave than, than I've ever done. And it's good. Again, that's another way for us to be connected because I, I, I hear what he's saying even when we're watching, watching tape and watching clips and just you remember little things. And I don't know how I remember half the stuff I do. Dave would probably tell you the same thing, but sometimes it just pops and, and you know, I can set him up. So anyway, you go ahead, Dave, with your response to that. Yeah, guys, I would say this, and and it's funny because it's a little different than what I was coaching in terms of, you know, preparing a team for a game because the you're preparing in a in a similar way because you want to be a little over prepared. You want to have every I dotted and T crossed, but you know, on the other side, 
you've got limited amount of time and, and much like with your coaches, you know, they don't, they don't want to tell you everything. They want to know everything about the other team and they want to know everything about your team, but they, they can't tell you everything because they're going to bog you down with stuff, you know? So we're the same way. Like we, we prepare extensively and, and the beauty with, with the CBS shows were everybody prepared, whether it be the graphics person or the tape people or the producers or the directors. I mean, it was the directors have a meeting before every game with all their camera guys and they go over a lot of the players that we want to talk about in the game. So they make sure that, you know, every camera guy has a, has a sheet attached to his camera with pictures of everybody on the bench. So if we want to talk about the equipment guy, we want to talk about an assistant coach and, you know, they know exactly who to go to and find for us. And so that's their preparation. And then, you know, like you said, Benny and I watch a lot of film and, and, and that shows our age because it was film when we probably first started watching it. Right, Benny. So um, beta, at least beta tape. Yeah. So, but no, we watch a ton of it. And I, I, to me, I think that the one thing that the viewer wants is to learn something about their team and to learn something about the game and to learn something about the players and to learn something maybe about the coaches. And I, I feel like you've got to be prepared to be able to take the game in any direction it goes, because like, you know, you guys know, like one of you, maybe one of, maybe one of you two guys gets on a roll one night and you, and you pop too early. So now you're kind of the hot stick in the game. If we haven't done our homework and we don't know anything about you, yeah. We sell the fans short because the fans are going to be like, holy smokes, who the hell is this Trevor Olsen guy? He's got two goals in four minutes. You know, <laughs> who is he? And like, we better know. So yeah. that's a lot of the, the research that, that we do to bring into the games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we prepare, certainly we prepare differently. I mean, my, my biggest priority is pronunciations and numbers. And obviously with like back when you guys were playing, how many years have you guys been out of school? Six now, five. Yeah. It's coming up on six Five years, five years from right. think four falls. And I could probably name 10 guys off that team when you guys won the whole thing off the top of my head. And my point is, that's the repetition. So for me, I, I, I would watch tape differently when Dave and I were working together all the years we did because we've been apart for a couple. And, you know, my preparation in the last job I had was I was doing a game every day and I knew the league and I was living and breathing it. So I didn't have to watch as much tape. I, and, and again, I was doing those games alone, so I was kind of playing analyst too. But I guess to get back on point, I watch the game differently than Dave would in the sense that when we're when we're preparing for the week, I'm watching numbers, I'm watching lines, I'm watching who's out on PK, who's out on power play, and again, the repetition it comes. You don't need to spend as much time on that. So, but I, I love Dave's point because that's one thing that the three of us always prided ourselves on. And we still do now that we're on our on different paths. Now that hasn't changed. And that's knowing I have a saying, you leave no stone unturned. And Dave's right. You got to know it's the third goalie. I mean, you yeah. got, I remember when you guys got Feeney, I don't know if you guys were still around and Shreem's no. like had all this. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? I don't know who he is. <laughs> but then I, it was my, my duty and my obligation because if she went somewhere and this kid gets in the game, I got to know and, and Dave's got to know. And, you know, we all got to be, again, connected. So that was part of the, the the fun. And for me, it was always part of, I don't know if it was a challenge or a competition, so to speak. But it was, I don't want to not know something that Dave and Shereen didn't know when I worked with them. I wanted, I wanted to know everything equal. And it wasn't always the case. But we were pretty darn close if you look back at all the years we worked and all the shows we did together. Yeah, I would have loved I would have loved to 
take a look up in the into your guys into your guys box where you're sitting there if Ols happened to score two goals in the same game. See the panic out of you guys. Who is this? Who is this guy? Hey. I need some information. Yeah, there it is. I love it. I told you I had a surprise. I was just waiting for the right time. Oh, anyway, that's the right game. Yeah. No, but uh so I did wanna I wanted to ask because I'm I'm trying to relate you guys just to you know, playing on a hockey team and, and, you know, players go through trades, which we touch on here. Um, it's, it's not, it's not the exact same, but it's obviously similar. It's like going to a new team. You guys work for different studios and, and producers and different networks and stuff. Um, you know, how similar are these experiences when you go to a different network? How different are they? Um, you know, I'm trying to relate it to being traded to a different team. Just how, you know, it's probably pretty similar, but there are some, some differences there. And I don't know if you guys can touch on any of those that, that kind of pop out in your mind, but, uh, I did want to ask you guys that question. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what it's like for the, for all the years that we were at CBS sports network together, that kind of felt like the home base because that was where we were all doing the majority of our work together. So there was a familiarity with the producer, the director, the network, the executives. I mean, we, there was a vibe and a direction and we had a lot of ownership in it. And that's the show that we were really, really proud of. And, and that was a show where every Friday night that we went on the air, we wanted to be the best hockey show on that night, NHL college. It didn't matter. That was our, our pride, and our ego. We wanted to make sure that we were better than everyone. And, and we felt we could be because that's where we were. And then when you're freelancing out to other places, you want to bring that pride and that preparation and that feel to it. But it's hard to because you're you're almost a guest. You know what I mean? Like just like you talk about, like it's like you know what it's like the first week you get traded, or if you're a coach and you're taking over, you just get fired, you're taking over a new team. It's never the same as what you just came out of. So you've got to make some adjustments. So do you bring you bring your game down a little bit and you try to find you know a common place for everybody on that particular show to to get into and then expand a little bit like it's it's a very different vibe when when you're going outside of your your little cocoon of of where you're used to doing games so benny and i earlier in the season did a game for the big 10 network now ben's done some big 10 stuff i've done some big 10 stuff we just never really did it together so for us it was a little easier because some of the group at Big Ten kind of said, okay, boys, just take us where you want to go. We'll follow. With the regional that we just did for ESPN, it was a little bit different. Ben knew the producer pretty well. I knew him a little bit, but I didn't know a whole lot of the people on that crew. And it took a little bit of a feeling out process with the guys in the truck to get it where we wanted to go. So, like, to your point, it's it's a little different when you start moving around outside of your main base. Benny, would you, would you say that? Like, it, you know, it took us – a little while just for as a group last couple weeks ago in Albany just to find our place. And then after that, it kind of settled in. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Tony DeSanti who produced, I did a lot of football with him for two, three years at CBS, like Dave said. And, you know, so I had a familiarity with him and, you know, he didn't, uh, you know, some producers will kind of try to really push the ship. He's one of those guys that kind of lets us kind of dictate a little bit more gives us a little more freedom and, and doesn't put as much pressure on like, Hey, you got to get here. You got to get there. Just kind of like go with the flow kind of thing. So, but it, you know, but I do agree, Dave, but think about this since we did that pod together, we've worked for, we've worked together three times, but we've right. worked together for three different networks. <laughs> so, <laughs> after, 
after all the years, what did I do, Dave? <laughs> but all, all, all the different uh, places, you know, it, it is different. And I think, too, you know, it's like if Dave and I were to get a producer that had 40 years producing hockey, you know, we're going to get we're going to have a lot more trust and confidence in him than somebody that may not. Um, you know, and I think that the, the, the other way you got guys like Dave and myself to come in, we're both 20 year guys doing this and just in hockey alone. And I think that you, you get a little more trust and a little more confidence, just like playing, right. You know, your coach trusts you a little bit more and, and, and you can kind of, you know, make the decisions on the fly, pun intended. So, um, you know, that's kind of my take on it guys. I, I do have to say, um, you know, I came down with the, the injury bug once in Orlando and they had me up in the the uh, the press box doing the play by play with Jesse Liebman, our guy nice. there. So I have a little uh, a little touch on the play by play. I'm not as smooth as you, but uh, I think I have a future there. That'd be a tough that'd be a tough gig hey. to pick up. Yeah, you got you guys should. Uh... You guys should team up and do some high school games or something. Play around with that, man. Or when Hennessy's got a weekend off, I don't know if he ever takes one off, but <laughs> maybe Timmy let you up in the booth, man. That'd be, uh, that'd be I'd listen to that with you guys and him. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> we uh, we always ask guys, you know, their their favorite spots on the road. So I did want to ask you guys about, you know, if you have a couple favorite spots on the road that you like to go. Um, Obviously, you, it's probably tough to narrow it down to just even a few because you go so many places. But if there's any spots that stick out to you guys, any stories you guys have um, from those places, that's what we kind of want to hear about. So <laughs> the good stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, boy, am I gonna bore you guys? My favorite spot <laughs> the is, the, is the is the gym at the airport Marriott in Minneapolis. <laughs> oh boy! But no, it's uh. Tell you what, Ben, I'm trying to think back on because we're, like we started when we first started doing it again, it was pre-NCHC. So we were we yeah. were moving around quite a bit. Like, I mean, there are no. just there, there's good spots in, in every town. I mean, just like we just I'm thinking NCHC wise, like it's funny, Grand Forks. Like there was a place that closed down that's something else now. What was it called? The Sands or the Sandals or Sanders? Like I was Sanders, love yeah. that place in Grand Forks. I always thought that was a great spot. And um <laughs> But uh, when, when you when you when you go around the leagues, Benny, when you think about the NCHC, what were some of the good restaurants we liked around the league? Oh Miami's, man, Miami's got Paisanos. Yeah, Paisanos was good. Um, the best restaurant on the tour. I mean, that's a great spot. That was good. I mean, Duluth. I never wanted to leave the hotel, so there was really nothing yeah, was, there. Was, right. That's why I got you out froze of town before you got the Just because it was freezing cold, man. I mean, I always want <laughs> to. I've been talking with Sandlin for the last ten years about. Fly up, play golf this summer, drive around Lake Superior, back through Michigan. I got to do that trip. I know you're from there, Trevor, but it was always freezing cold there, as you know. Yeah. You know, we had our spots, but, you know, I mean, back in the day, I mean, you know, I'll go there. Dave and I weren't working together. I think he was on another game, but I ended up at the uh, the hockey house in Miami with Ryan Jones and Mercier oh, man, and yeah. the, whole, the whole crew, man, and there's a reason I haven't drank in 11 years, boys, but it was a hell of a night. And I, I was, I was arm wrestling or not arm wrestling. I was wrestling with Jones in the front yard. I woke up covered in mud. I mean, that's, that's one of my more legendary nights. So, and then, and then I ended up in the American league with Justin Mercier for a couple of years. So, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, places we used to go, I mean, I, I didn't really go out a whole lot. I just like to kind of, you know, once I got a little bit older and, and wised up, like I said, um, you know, we, we tried to have some spots and those are really the main spots that we went out to eat though. Like Dave said, yeah, well, don't... the roadhouse in East Lansing was always a good yeah. spot. Oh yeah. I used to like that spot a ton. And uh, boys, I'll tell you a good one about, about, uh, you know, Benny had the, the experience in Miami before Benny <laughs> jumped on, or this might've been between your steps. Cause remember you were there for a year and were gone for a bit and came back. So this might've right. been between it, but Matt McConnell's now doing the coyotes was the play-by-play guy for like four years. And Matt was a Michigan state alum. And you know, as you know, my wife's a Michigan state alum. You know, I had a cousin that was Ron Mason's student manager there in the late eighties. I mean, I've got some ties there. And, and Matt says to me, as we're driving home from a game one night back to the hotel, he says, let's go to my old frat house. And I looked at him and said, are you kidding? Said, yeah, let, let's go to my old frat house. I said, we're going to walk in there in a suit. They're going to think we're the FBI or we're security or something. Said, we can't go there. So, so Matt is like, no, 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 let's go. He goes, I was like the vice president of the frat. He goes, like, my picture will be on a composite somewhere. Trust me on this one. Let's go. And Matt, he was a character back in those days. So we, we walk in there and people are looking at us like we're about to raid the place. And... <laughs> And everybody's getting a little nervous, and somebody comes up to us like really politely, but a little nervously, and says, "Can we help you?" And, <laughs> and Matt says, "Take me to the room where your composites are hanging." And they—I mean—they almost shit. Like they didn't know what to do first, so they—they they take us back there, and Maddie shows them a picture of him in these composites. I looked at the picture, and I almost fell over laughing. I'm like, "So, dude, I would have never admitted that was me." And they, all of a sudden, we. He couldn't have been a bigger rock star in that place. Like, he took the party over. There were, like, 300 people there. Like, all of a sudden, he became, like, the main float at the parade. And so, like, he's walking around and talking to a bunch of people. He winds up talking to this this girl who's, like, I don't know, like, 20, 21 years old or whatever. They're just kind of having a conversation. And she was like, what are you doing here? So he explains, I used to be in this frat here, and we just came back to visit. We do TV now and yada, yada, yada. And she says, oh, my, my dad was in this frat, but you probably would have known him because – he probably was here much after you because <laughs> that was a little premature oh break. <laughs> so, so <laughs> that went over well. So, so she was like, what's his name? And she says his name and Maddie looks, she goes, that was my roommate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was like, was he a good guy? Was he a good guy? Oh, he studied hard and model and it was great. And she was like, Oh, that's so cool. Like I, I, it's hard to picture my dad at that age, but that's pretty cool. So she walks away. Maddie turns to me and goes, he was the biggest dog in the history of the frat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably best to keep that one. <laughs> exactly. He was, at least somebody walked away with a, with a good feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, and Benny, I did want to say, you know, let's not, let's not let it get confused here. Um, typically, if you wake up in the morning, you're all muddy. And, and that typically means you had a hell of a night the last night. So, you know, that's I almost did. like a... Yeah, that's that's pretty cool there. I, I always enjoy when I wake up with uh, some mud on the dirt on the clothes and um, uh, not really. I, any... <laughs> I, well, I was just gonna say. So Dave, Dave, like I said, Dave didn't do that game with me. Jim Paradise did, and I called him. I woke up fully clothed. It was like forty miles away from where we were up off the freeway in Cincy, and I called him and I go, "Hey, what time's your flight?" And he goes, "It's noon, you idiot. I had a six a.m. flight after I got you back in the hotel." <laughs> And then the worst part was I had to drive four hours back to Michigan. I was married then. And oh. uh, that was not a fun return home to South Lyon, Michigan, that uh, Saturday afternoon. 
No, those are never fun. You know, I got a little anxiety going, a little, little scaries after that night. And yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. But you know what? I wouldn't change a thing, man. I had a lot of fun and, you know, just uh, one of those things, you know, we got tangled up and ran into some guys at the bar. And next thing I know, we're walking to their house and we party with them all night. So most of our crew, it was a good time. Yeah, for sure. It sounds unreal. Yeah, <laughs> tends to happen. Actually, boys, sure. here's a good one for you. I it just popped into my head. The nitty gritty in Madison is yeah. probably the spot. Like that. Oh that, yeah. That place is a great place. And yeah. Madison on things, it always seemed like we were there Halloween weekend when the place was just bananas. And we're in a bar one night. We're at the we're at the gritty. It's myself and McConnell and our whole staff. And there's a Halloween party going on there. People are in costumes in the whole nine yards. And all of a sudden, these two guys are standing like five feet away from Matt and I, dressed jackets and ties both carrying microphones that said cstv because that's what we were back in those days <laughs> maddie, so maddie looks at these two guys and says the hell are you two guys dressed up as and they look at us and like oh my god you <laughs> so, <laughs> no way got them plowed yeah with us <laughs> but but uh but a couple of like i think i'm trying to think it was the same year we're in there we had done a friday night game it was the minnesota wisconsin game we had done a friday night there and like after the game uh, Doug Woog and Jeff Sauer and and Frank Bazzacco and like a lot of the, Minnesota, the Fox Sports North guys and us, you know, just were sitting around in one of the back rooms there. And th- those guys were swapping stories about the old Minnesota-Wisconsin rivalry, the old WCHA. And I mean, I was like a kid in a candy store because, I mean, as much as I love the history in general, history of hockey and college hockey was, I mean, I was, I couldn't have, I, I think I went two hours and didn't say a word which unless I'm asleep for me is rare. And so I'm just listening to this. So I walk out to go to the bathroom. It's probably about a quarter to one or one o'clock or so. I won't say who the player was, but one of Wisconsin's players like winds up like right across from me at the bathroom. And I looked at him and I knew we knew each other because I had talked to him. It's like you guys and I would, and Benny would, you know, chat like on Thursday in practice. Like I just talked to him. So he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and I went, okay, here's the deal. I didn't see anything. If you get out of here now, I didn't say a word. I mean, I didn't see a thing. I'm not going to say a word. I said, but if you have a shit night tomorrow night, I'm saying something. <laughs> so, so, so the guy looks at me, goes, "Deal." He goes, "I'm going to be awesome tomorrow night." I cannot remember what he did the following night, but like it was just it was a funny moment. I'm like, "Listen, we both know you should be a get out." <laughs> Would have been a heck of a story if he went on to just score two goals or something, get the game winner, and you just you knew where he was the night before. <laughs> Right. Well, it happened. See, because it's funny because it happened to me when I was coaching in Macon in the Central Hockey League. I had a similar deal. Like we had a weekend where we had three games and three nights, and we played the Friday night game. And and I went out to to the bar with a couple of friends after the game, and I ran into one of my players there, and I said to him, "Okay, listen, this is a bad scenario here." And I was the associate head coach. I wasn't the chief guy. And I I turned to him. I said, "Here's what we're going to do." I said, "You're going to go home right now." And if you suck tomorrow night, we're going to go sit with the coach and discuss this, and there's going to be disciplinary action. But if you bring it tomorrow night, I'm going to forget this ever happened as long as it never happens again. He said, deal. He went on a tear, not just the following night, but he might have been the best player in the league for like the next month. And I think he was probably afraid we were going to send him back to Russia or something. I mean, like, yeah. but I, I think he scared the shit out of him. But I, like, he was, I'm telling you, the following month, it was like watching Gretzky. I. <laughs> I have a very similar story. So uh, the year the year we won, I won't drop any names or anything, but it happened to be uh, one of my teammates' birthdays, twenty first birthday on that Friday of Frozen Face Off. We did uh-huh. not we did not play Friday, and you know down the stretch, 
you're kind of like, all right, well, I'm not in now. When am I going to get in kind of thing? So I was like, you know what? Uh-oh. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them out. We're going to enjoy your 21st. So we, we went over to Cowboy Jack's, rode the bull. You know, we ended up walking. Oh yeah, I rode the shit out of that I, every time, Benny. Anytime there's a bull there, I'm riding the shit out of that thing. Nice. <laughs> and uh, we end up walking across the street, and we're heading to Spearmint Rhino, great establishment downtown Minneapolis. And, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's all the signs. Yeah, and uh, sure enough, <clears throat> Lammy Lamaru, our our student coach, sees me out and about, and he just oh. goes. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. He just kept walking. Well, it ended up me and this guy played the next night, and then we played all four games in the in the national tournament. So it's oh, yeah, <laughs> crazy how things work like that. Absolutely. Think you're sitting out, and then all oh, of a sudden you're just in for the rest of the season. <laughs> you, you just gotta think, you know. That, that's how it is. Like once you get hot, once it's tourney time, it's kind of like, all right, I need a miracle for this to happen. And sure, we, we lost that Friday night game at the Frozen Faceoff, and they put us right in, and then we just went to battle 2-1 to one against Denver on Saturday. <laughs> oh, Classic. Man. Yeah. I got to ask you guys, because I always see on um, Twitter and just everywhere, you know, there's, there's every fan base is always, you know, well, this, you know, these announcers, they never say anything about us. You know, they're always talking about mm-hmm. the other team, so... Um, kind of relate this just to the NCHs. That's where most of our listeners are from. But uh, which fan base would give you guys the the toughest time, and and you know, <laughs> kind of razz you guys about not talking them, t- not talking them up enough, um, kind of ignoring them, that type of thing. Dave, well, I'll tell you what. One fan base we never had to worry about was North Dakotas, and they they have been they've been great actually like it's uh, we we shereen ben and i took it as a major compliment and a major endorsement of our arrival in the conference and the partnership between the conference and 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 us and especially with north dakota when that fan base kind of gravitated towards us and really got in our corner and no fan base in college hockey i think supports a network and an announced crew like North Dakota does with us. And I know they're, they're, they were great with the Midco group and, and they were great with us. And it's, it's a, it's a huge thing for us. And, and it's funny because we all, we all know when we got North Dakota, you bring your A game. I mean, we do it with everybody, but with North Dakota, it's like you bring your A game and then a little extra. Yeah. Cause that's at a very discerning fan base, but the fan base that, that gets on us a bit, I'll tell you what, we, we catch a lot of grief from Duluth. Um, yeah. It's, which is okay. I mean, they're they're great. I mean, they I think they support us pretty well too. Yeah. And I would tell you that like they can get a little ordinary with you. You know, it's it, it's most of it's good natured, but I, every once in a while, you know, right, Benny, we get a little little snipe from somebody in up in the Greater Duluth area or Cloquet or Hermantown, and would say, hey, you know, you guys are talking about the other team quite a bit. How about us? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really. I mean, I look. I remember there's times when North Dakota's fan base, and I love them. I do. But I remember there were a couple of years when when they didn't win many games, and it was our fault. I don't know if you, you Dave, you remember that. Oh God, yeah, everybody blamed you. Every, everybody blamed me. Because Schloss put a tweet out saying they were like two and nine in their last eleven games with me calling the game. And it's all good. It's all good, boys. I mean, look. I mean, I, I'll show you this again, man. I've always had respect for that. That's I love that. That's, there's one thing I never did, guys. 
And I never call you guys the fighting ox, and I never will, man. You're uh, always the fighting suit. Always. Yeah, we respect that, Benny. Yeah. And this is a Michigan guy that grew up watching that program from a distance, wanting to play college hockey. So I love college hockey since I could remember. But I do remember those couple of years. And I wanted to give it to Schloss pretty good, to be honest with you. But I, I didn't. <laughs> we're pros. Yeah, yeah. But it's all good. But you know what, guys? At the same time, man. Right, Betty? Even Bubs every once in a while is like, geez, we're not winning a lot of games with you guys. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, everybody. everybody You're not winning a lot of games with Alex and Jake either. Like, Correct. Correct. But I get it back on track. And, and Dave nailed it, man. There's no better fan base in the country. I, You know, I, I'd say this on a Minnesota podcast and they'd hate me, but I would. Yeah. And it's just yeah. the fact. I mean, the, the love that people – I mean – we did the game in the regional with Notre Dame, you know, and I mean, just, it, it makes you feel good to be, to have people you don't even know and they show you the support and the respect and the love they do. And, you know, Dave and I had done a game, a North Dakota game together since the pod, we did the one game with Western when we were in there those three weeks and, and Dave's right. I mean, yeah, every game's a big game because we always treated it like game seven of the Stanley cup finals. But it was different coming there, man. And, you know, I'll always forget, never forget and always remember the first game I did there and the great moments I had in that building. I mean, I remember going out and skating on the ice with you guys after practice a couple times with, with good old 8 Mile and Willan and all <laughs> yeah. you guys. Yeah. You know, just, just good times. I know that's not the fan base, but yeah. I think people understand my point and can, can understand my my – my love for the fan base up there too, man. It's there, there's nothing else like it. I mean, for it's sure. just not. Yeah, I mean, we so always. Guys, I will tell you this: the fan base that does clobber me the most is Minnesota. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I get a little that I mean, too. They, they, right? They just think I can't figure out why they think I'm anti-gopher. I mean, like a, <laughs> yeah. I had a really good relationship with Lucia because they know you're more that North group. Dakota. That's true. I mean, <laughs> Motsko, you know, Motsko and us have a great relationship. You know, I talk right. About, but the raps every three weeks. I mean, like, yep. trust me, I got to go with the Gophers, but it's funny. Like their fan base just kills us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did want to say, like you guys just said, you got up for a little bit, just gave a little extra for those games. Um, that was definitely the case for us. You know, we loved when you guys would come to town. Um, not that, you know, we knew we were on TV the other nights, but it was just something special with, you know, talking to you guys. Um, and then watching those games back with you guys on the call is just so fun. And I did want to pat you guys on the back for, for you know, gaining the uh, the support from the North Dakota fans because I do see, you know, they're they're a tough fan, they're a tough fan base. Um, they're tough on everyone, kind of, just because they're so involved in the game. And and yeah. um, you know, if you don't do a good job, they will say something. And obviously, they're superstition, like you guys said. You know, they had a bad record with you guys on there, and that's something everyone looks at and everyone tries to find reasons why teams aren't winning and stuff. And obviously that's something they can blame on it, but you know, they, they don't gain. And I think, you know, I do want to contribute some of the, some of your guys support from Starman when he's on NHL and when he's on the other, these other places, he will mention North Dakota players and kind of refer to us. And I know those fans all watch that. And they're just like, Hey, you know, he said someone from North Dakota. I like that guy. And I think that goes a long way with them. Um, but that's definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it takes a lot to, to, to gain their trust and have their support. And you guys definitely did it. And it, it was well-deserved. And 
No, I mean, we loved having you guys in town and just doing whatever game you were on, even if it was on the road, just because it was so fun talking to you guys and getting to see you guys there and the whole production. That was just awesome. And obviously, Shereen on the ice with the big, you know, we'd be warming up and it'd be pitch black out there and there's a big spotlight on the guy talking center <laughs> ice. You know, it's just adds a little element to the game. Here's yeah. a great one because she's, she's actually walking right past us. And it's funny because when we saw Rick Zombo get named the ah! of, uh, of North Dakota, this is it. you'll love this one, guys. This is a classic. So, you know, Shereen's always down there on ice level and you know, does that little pregame hit. And, and like, we were the only network that did that outside of NBC. You know, like, yeah. So yeah. we loved having that. It was, <laughs> we loved the fact that the teams allowed us that access. And we really thought it was a great spot. So, she always explained to the player, here's the deal. Go skate a couple of laps, come right to me, and we're going to do the thing. They're going to come to us. And if you if you are in the starting lineup and your name gets mentioned, just raise your stick and keep going. So, like, pretty easy, right? Yeah. So she had Zombo's kid at Omaha, like, right before a game, and it's getting oh. close, and he's getting a little jumpy and the whole bit. And, you know, she explained the whole deal to him, and he turned to her and goes, did you ever like lose an interview before a game because because of a situation like this? And she was like, "Nope." And he goes, "You're about to lose your first one." So we <laughs> we, we joked about it like she got zomboed. So <laughs> so only once has that happened. But like we think it's great. I I think the players enjoyed it too, and you know yeah. it, it made it feel big. I, I to me yeah. that is the best thing about having ringside is it just makes the show bigger and it brings a different element to it. And to me. I think for the fan base, the ability to hear from a player three minutes before puck drop is pretty neat. Like that brings you right into where the game's going. I mean, you can see the kids sweating and thinking and getting ready, and the intensity's there. But but can take a minute to to you know to address the fans and and share some things before the game starts. I, I just think that's awesome. Yeah, that was definitely my my one of my favorite parts of your guys' show for sure. And and like you said, it just makes it just makes it feel bigger, right? Like. You know, you see that big spotlight and the guy talking to Shereen on the ice, and you're like, God, this this is a big game. This must be a big game. We got a spotlight on the rink, and you know, someone talking to a reporter before the game. You know, we're we're pretty big time here. This feels great, and everyone kind of gets up for that. But yeah, that was that was. Uh, I, I like that you guys did that. I was I was always pumped to to have that aspect and to see that. I think it it definitely adds a, a different element. And I didn't know only NBC did that, so. That's pretty cool. We got to we got to be able to do that. You did, yes, yeah. you did. Yeah, I think Brett, I. Guess you never got one. <laughs> no, I did. I did one in between periods one time, but that was it. <laughs> Gage, you did it. You did it a handful of times. I want to say right. Yeah, and it was it was always just short and sweet. You know, you give a couple. You know, just really easy answers, really easy questions. But uh, it's definitely a, it's it was definitely cool for sure, and, and especially at the Ralph, just playing in front of all those fans, and then. You know, it's it's pitch black around the rink, but you can kind of see with the the spotlight shedding some light on everyone else is a pretty cool feeling. Well, here's the funny thing. On that note, two two quick things on that note. The first one is whenever that Shereen was always great because she would always say to me, you know, I I don't want to put them in a bad spot. So like, what's a what's a good question? Like we're always talking about what the good question is to start with, and I'd always be like, listen, and I say this with no disrespect to the players, don't make them think. Like, yeah. Just, yep. They do, they probably just talk in the locker room about something, and generally it's points of emphasis of the game. So, st- like, stay there because it's in their head right now. Don't make them think, and, and and that's why these work so well. I mean, she gets it. She's 
She's a great hockey stepmom. She's around, you know, Ryan all the time. They're always talking hockey. Her and I are always talking hockey, so she gets it. And that's that's the kind of the cool part. But on the Fighting Sue thing, this is great. You guys may remember this. In 2012 was the first time I'd ever done a regional for ESPN. I did the West Regional at the XL Center. And Western was playing North Dakota and BU was playing Minnesota. It was the first year that going into the NCAA tournament, North Dakota was not allowed to call themselves the Fighting Sioux anymore. So it had to just be University of North Dakota. So ESPN literally got rid of anything in their system that had the Fighting Sioux logo or the name or anything just because they didn't want to make a mistake. I mean, they did a really good job of doing it. And Clay Matvick and I were doing that game, and we must have had eight conference calls that week on don't say Fighting Sioux, don't say Fighting Sioux. And, you know, I had been talking to Hack that whole year, and we kind of knew it was coming. And, you know, Hack had given me, like, the story chapter and verse of the history and the whole bit. So, like, he was great about it. So, like, I really understood what was going on here. And they didn't really want us to explain it, but just I had an appreciation for what both sides were going through. I was like, okay, no problem. I said it might be tough, but no problem. So we were doing the open of the Western game. So <laughs> we had been on the air about a minute and a half. And Clay turns to me and goes, and this, this is going to be a big one because while Western's had a good year, the fighting Sioux are pretty good. You heard everybody in the church go, wow, that was quick. <laughs> hey, you, the first game we did, that first conference game, Dave dropped it twice in that game. In that first year of the league. That's right. You did. That would be so hard. hard that would be so hard not to. I, I mean, I, I just, again, guys, I, I can't and won't ever call them anything but North Dakota unless the name comes back, man. So that's what we, we kind of had a, this talk on a different episode, you know, or I don't know if it was a tweet or something, but everybody gets so butthurt when we say the Fighting Sioux. <laughs> you know, they, they get – it's like you guys are the Fighting Hawks. You're North Dakota. You're no longer the Sioux. It's like it's more of a mentality than anything. We just yeah. – it's, it's what was our past. We don't view it as – you know, a dishonor to, it was just how we view our mentality towards hockey, towards everything. Why, why do you think people dislike it so much when it's spoken on? It's Twitter, man. That's all I can tell you, Trev. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's just, I, I don't know. People, I, I'm, I'm a, a, I'm a purist and that's what they'll always be. Sorry, Dave. Go ahead. You know what, Benny, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of in this, this time right now where, you don't want to offend anybody and, and everybody's walking around and, you know, their tippy toes a bit. And I understand no. you want to respect, you, you want to respect people. You want to respect their culture. You want to respect their background. You want to respect what, you know, what might set a group off and, and, and be cognizant of what some of those issues might be and that kind of thing. I mean, I, I get it. I, I, I do think that if, if you're going to, if you're going to hamper one institution's ability to use a moniker like that, then you kind of have to get them all, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, and, and now, but now you're starting to see that, right? You're starting to see with the Cleveland Indians and the Washington Redskins, and you know yeah. there are you know all those names are are starting to go by the wayside. Obviously, Quinnipiac changed, and Miami changed, and St. John's University. You know they were the Redmen for a long time. Now they're the Red Storm. So you're you're, yeah. you're seeing a lot of it. But it's what what is interesting is, and we talked about it before. My love of history. You know, I was an American history minor, and and, and I'm just obsessed by the history of our country. And but one area that I had never really delved into were the Indian Wars in the the late 1800s and i'll tell you what when this whole thing was going on i started this massive reading campaign of everything i could regarding that historical period and you know the sioux tribes and and the the, the frontier and the fighting on the plains and what was going on and i mean it opened my eyes to a a whole different view of 
that that time period and what that group went through. It's so it's at, at the very least, I feel like I learned something from For sure. the whole thing. So when I walk past the big statue in front of the Ralph, every time I do before I walk in, like it takes on a different meaning now. Oh, for sure. And that yeah. statue, that statue is just so cool. Just in terms of statues, I don't know. You've got cool statues. You've got average ones. That one's one of my favorite statues. It's just a cool, it, you know, you powerful. have the guy in the, yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. Like it, it just looks cool. Yeah. And there's a lot of history behind it. So, um, yeah, I mean that, that topic, yeah, it's obviously just the way things are going in society right now. And, and, um, you know, some people it's, you know, it's hard to adapt to it, but, uh, you know, that's where we're going and it's fine. But, you know, when we do say Sue and we, we call ourselves Sue, Ols is completely right. Like it's a mentality thing. It's not, you know, we know we're not the Sue anymore. It's just, you know, let's go out there and play Sue hockey. And, and to say that means a certain thing. Um, it's, it's, you're not re- really referencing um, the logo or even, you know, the Sioux tribe. It's just kind of a meaning. It has a meaning behind it. And everyone in that locker room knows what that meaning is. And that's why I still, you know, obviously refer to them as a Sioux. And that's what I grew up with. And that's the talk around Grand Forks, right? Like everyone knows what Sioux hockey means. It's not, you know, it's that meaning behind it, that playing that hard-nosed game, um, you know, risking it all for your teammates and playing that team game. And that's what the meaning behind it. And that's why it means so much to even us guys who never actually put on a suit Jersey. Um, and there's guys in that locker room who still, you know, I'm sure they still call themselves a suit. Cause that's just the way it is in that locker room. And, you know, I have a, uh, this, I don't know if this is legal or not, but we, you know, my class had these little Sioux head patches that were sewn onto our shoulder pads. So no one could see them. But it's, yeah. you know, it's on our gear and that's the way we play. So, um, I don't know. I, I just, I have, I have so much respect for the logo and, and the Sioux community and, and what it means to Grand Forks. So that's just the way it's going to be for me the rest of my lifetime, you know, and, and I'm not going to change there. And there's obviously going to be people that are mad and there's always people who complain about something, you know, that's what people want to do. They want to complain and it's, it's fun to complain about something sometimes. So I think the, and exactly like Benny said, it's Twitter. Like everyone on Twitter just likes to have an argument with someone else. And oh, yeah. um, that's the culture on there. And, and, you know, I feed into it quite a bit just cause it's, it's part of my entertainment to, <laughs> in the evenings, but uh, no, I mean, you can't take it too seriously on there. Cause it's, it's just a platform where people are typing away behind a screen. Like yeah. it's, it's not real world. So um, we always say there's a reason Twitter is free. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> yeah, well, guys, thanks for coming on. I mean, thanks for giving us your time. It's been an, it's been a great time hanging out with you guys again. It always it's always great to see you guys. Um bring me brings me right back to the glory days whenever I see you too. So, <laughs> thanks again for coming on and and giving us your time today. Oh, you guys got it. Hey, listen, we we got we got to start thinking about episode 2, great moments in your careers seen through the eyes of the broadcast team. Uh-oh. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's, I like that. Yeah. Expect to get another call from us. You guys are definitely going to be recurring guests. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need the password to the instat then, Dave, so I can go back and look at some clips. Yeah. Oh, God. Before, by, by the way, guys, I wanted to tell you this story before we leave. This, this is great. We had such a great time with this. So we're watching video, getting ready for the Harvard game. We're watching Sean Farrell's goals from this year. And th- I mean, this kid can shoot. Holy smokes. And and it's like every time he touches the puck, it's on a stick and it's gone. It's on a stick and it's gone. It was just so much fun to watch the goals he was scoring. So I said to Benny, I said, let's see how he scored in junior. So I saw him a little in junior, but let's go watch all his goals when he played for Chicago. 
see if the, the junior games translated. So we went and watched all those. And then, I mean, I think this thing went as far back as like when he was playing 16U. Like it was hilarious <laughs> how far back this goes. So Benny, Benny and I are on the air and we're talking about, you know, prep. I, we're talking about Sean Farrell. He scored that goal from behind the net against yeah. uh, against Minnesota State. Yeah. And I turned to Benny and said, listen, Benny, we've seen this before. He said, you and I watched every goal this guy scored since he was a mite. <laughs> that's the beauty of Instat, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That's a Oh, that's awesome. That'd be fun. Your goals going back to junior. Yeah, Yeah. that's unreal. (laughs) That'd be that'd be awesome, guys. On the like moments we had there, man, we could we could easily fill an hour with you guys. I would love that because, I mean, you guys had some unbelievable teams up there, and every single one of you guys were always always so kind, so giving to us, and. much respect, guys, and thanks for having me and Dave on. It's, it's, you know, this is the way it should be. We should be doing this together with you guys. So it means a lot to me, guys. So thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. For the next one, Shereen's got a couple of good ones from ringside. That Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll, we'll have to get another little box down there and get Shereen in here. Yeah, we'll get going. yeah I'm like sure that. she's got she's got some good stories being with the, being around the players in the game time and stuff. Marv would have some good stories too. Yeah. Hammerman Marv. Yeah. You, Marv. you guys oh, yeah. know Marv. Oh yeah. Friends on Facebook. Jersey. There you go. Yeah. New Jersey every game. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. That's awesome, guys. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. We had a blast. Yeah. Thank so you. Thanks. See you guys. See you guys. Bye. Bye. And yeah, that'll do it for our interview with Ben Holden and Dave Starman. Um, unbelievable time seeing those guys again and, and hearing what they had to say about their their journey i mean there there are a couple of guys like you could talk to for hours and and ask questions for hours and and like they said it like we said on there you know it'd be great to have them as is um recurring guests for us just because there's so many different routes you can take with these guys and and where you want to you know where you want to use their experience and in, in these shows and what you want to hear and um we'll definitely have them on again but it was great hearing, you know, some of those stories that they had, especially Starman's buddy who <laughs> who goes into the frat and ends up ends up talking to some girl who's her dad was his college roommate. I mean, what are the odds of that happening? Like, Imagine you show up to a college party <laughs> and, and your buddy's daughter comes up and is like, Hey, do you know the name so and so? And you're like, oh my god, this guy was a degenerate. You're 45, 45, 50 years old at a college party. You probably got a couple of drinks in you. I don't know if you're married or not. You know, you see a see a you know young, probably attractive college girl, and you're thinking like, oh, you know, who's this? You know, talking to her, and then all of a sudden, bam! It's your roommate's. It's your roommate's daughter. <laughs> Do you bring that up to your buddy? Like, hey. uh met your daughter at a frat party the other weekend. I think you take it the extra step and you're like, oh yeah. So I went back to the old stomping grounds. Guess who I got involved with? You you, got to take it there. Do the old 22 jump street. You like, you don't know it's his daughter. Like, yeah, I met this girl named here at this, at this school, you know? Oh yeah, it was great. You know, ended up making out with her at the end of the night. What was her name again? <laughs> That's my fucking daughter. <laughs> no, those those guys are great, and they're they're just so professional. They get it. Like they're yeah. they're pretty passionate about their jobs, and it's it's cool to see. Yeah, it was cool to hear about their like chemistry and stuff, and um, that's got to be tough. Like 
you know, you, you, you gain all that chemistry together and then you don't work with each other for a couple of years. Then you come back. And, um, I feel like when you, I don't know what it's like to do that type of thing, but it's gotta be, you gotta have some chemistry and you gotta know the guy that you're with to, to be able to have it click. Cause you know, we've all watched those, those sporting events where the broadcasters just aren't as good. Um, and you can kind of notice, like some people don't notice it. I notice it sometimes when they're not clicking as well. Um, I can't really name any guys off the top of my head, but I just know that some of those ESPN guys, like not necessarily the play-by-play in the yeah, you know, but when they go to the intermissions and stuff, and they butcher some of those names and shit, like it's they, like yeah, they, you can. That's why you can respect guys like Benny and Dave, yeah. like. You know they're doing their homework. Like, they know what they're talking about, and they kind of, like, like they said, like, they're studying third-string goalies just in case. And you can tell, like, some of these ESPN guys, they're, there's no chance they're looking at anything before they start. They yeah. just get handed a sheet like, oh, okay, this guy scored. And he's like, okay, well, I don't even know how to say his name, but I'm just going to fucking start going. <laughs> I bet you have never seen a full three periods of hockey in their life. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Most likely not. Yeah, they're... they're uh... They're not the best. And but. then you got and then you got Starman and Holden talking about how they're they're watching goals from <laughs> no. ten years ago on this guy. Like that's how much film they're watching on these guys. I know. I wish they had I doubt they have my goals in like juniors. Yeah, no. And, yeah, but I'd I'd love to see it. That, those were my good days, man. Like bring me back. Get me back out there with Jake Montgomery and Jake Gensel. Let's, <laughs> Let's see us burn down the freaking Tyson yeah, Event yeah, Center, yeah. you know? <laughs> the old Tyson Event Center in Sioux Falls. Sioux City. Sioux City. Sioux City, sorry. Sioux City. The I Mus- love... The Musketeers, not the Stampede. Yeah, love love Sioux City to death, but it's a skid mark on the underpants of society. That city, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that place. You know what? Great people, awesome fans. Yeah. That just the city wasn't for me. I'll just say that. It's not for a lot of people either. That's yeah. why it's in, where is it? South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's in South Dakota. You know, no one really likes the Dakota that's south of the north one. So <laughs> we got to have those guys back on for that little bit they talked about where they'd review like your guys' best moments and hear from your guys' perspective and then the caster's perspective. I mean, yeah. that would just be the coolest bit ever. Oh, yeah, because like, they're seeing it like from a complete different view. And I don't know, like that that, that would be really cool to hear their thoughts on, on some of those moments that – you know, you, you visualize as a fan, you visualize as a, or you see it as a player if you're in the game. Um, it's got to be something else is, is, you know, calling the game because you got to have a reaction. You don't want to talk too much because you want you want to let the moment, you know, kind of play itself out. You got to know what to say. I mean, that's kind of like nerve wracking when I'm thinking about it. Like if I'm calling a game and some big event happens, like how excited do you act? Like when do you talk? Like, Ah! Ah! <laughs> I, I would I, I said on the thing on the interview or whatever that uh, I did a little bit of play by play down in Orlando. Yeah. And uh unfortunately I missed the first year my the playoffs my first year, so I was up doing play by play and we were playing Florida, who's like our biggest rival ever. And uh we go into overtime and Colby McCauley sends one in the from literally the goal line. 
as I was speaking, like play by play, I'm like, yeah, usually in overtime, you know, some funky goals go in, and sure enough, he rifles it from the corner off the goalie, skating in, and I'm like, oh my god, goal! Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even the guy that calls goals. I was just so, <laughs> so you were. In, so what are the roles there? I mean, you know a little, you know a little more than I do in that yeah. sense. Like, so the play by play guy. What's the other guys? So so play. Play by play and color. Yeah, so I shouldn't. I did the color commentating. Okay. I, I think I said play by play earlier, yeah. but um, the the play by play is like the the main guy, you know, that actually talks him through the play. Color does that a little bit, but they're more um, on some of the the details as well, yeah. like behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, if they see a certain play or a certain player, they have some time. That's when they. You know, go outside of the so kind of league. like what Tony Romo does with football. Like, Correct. They're talking about the play, and then Tony's coming in with some random stat. You know, <laughs> like exactly, you know when the, when perfect. you have two linebackers out there, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that that'd be an interesting thing. And they said, you know, we should get out and try to do some high school games. It'd be pretty funny to try to call some hilarious. high school games. Dude, so just... we dro- we'd, I'd drop an f bomb on there. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I I caught myself multiple times in Orlando. Like nice, you know. Yeah. Oh, big hit! You know, nice fucking hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> just well, just it. like they were saying, like when when the first year you couldn't say Sue on air, uh, that'd be impossible not to say it at least once. Like yeah. you're in the moment and you're not even thinking. And Benny told us you know, the first weekend, Starman dropped it twice, and it's like <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good. Like he only dropped it twice, and it's probably engraved in his brain for however many years that he's been watching college hockey and stuff yeah. that that'd be tough especially i mean you'll probably see it with the washington what are they called now commanders, Gar- commanders. commanders. And, and the cleveland guardians you'll, you'll probably see some of that yeah. stuff going on for sure if you yeah. were watching those events but um but yeah i know this great episode of those guys um i'm pumped to get them on again honestly we'll definitely get them on again and and go over that you know some of their moments from the broadcasting booth and, and see what it's like from the, from the ice versus their view. So um, definitely have them on again, but another great week of, of has-beens here and, and I'm looking forward to having you guys tune in next week. Yep. Always a good time. Appreciate you.